This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we're continuing our sermon series through Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and, and he's writing to this pre-Christian culture. They have no Christian background, and so he's got to explain to them what the Christian life looks like. And so today, today's reading kind of comes with a disclaimer. These are some adult topics, and and yet, in a post-Christian culture like ours, we need this kind of education and training as well. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now for the matters you wrote about. So they had questions. He responds, It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for gathering us here to hear your word Pray that you would speak through your word. The Holy Spirit would show us what you want us to know and believe in this challenging section of Scripture. And don't let anything I'm doing or anything that I am get in the way of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Becoming a Christian and following Jesus is a cross-cultural experience. It's like sometimes when you become a Christian and, and become, going to church, it's like going to another country. Like going somewhere where all the customs are different, something you're not familiar with, because it's so countercultural. Becoming a Christian and, and following Jesus and, and reading the words. When you read God's words, some of this, even this reading today, it seems so strange. It's so foreign, so, so challenging, so different than what you hear in the rest of the culture it just doesn't seem to make any sense. It's a cross-cultural experience. Back when I was in college, I took a position with a group called the Wells Kingdom Workers and lived in the Dominican Republic. I was there for six months, and before I went, I got some cross-cultural training. And there were some missionaries there who had been in, in other countries and other cultures for decades. And they said, you know, when you go to this other country you're going to be confronted with things and you're going to look at them and you're going to say, this thing that you're doing, the way you do this or your beliefs on this or your values on this seems so foreign. It seems so foolish. In fact, some of these things that you're going to see, they're going to seem just plain wrong. And he said, when that happens, here's three things you need to do. Be patient, keep an open mind, listen without judgment. And they were right. I went to this country and, and for a while everything was just great, but then I was confronted by some things and I thought, oh man, 
the way you do this or, or how you think about that or this custom around this, or, this seems so foreign, so foolish. In fact, what you do right here, this seems so wrong. And then I remembered, be patient, keep an open mind, listen without judgment, and I just might learn something. And that's what happened. I learned to really appreciate this culture. In fact, some of those things that I thought were just wrong, I realized I was actually wrong. I was the fool. I want us to keep that kind of mindset when we enter into God's word today, that this is a cross-cultural experience, that some of the things that we're going to hear today and study today and think about today are going to confront us and we're going to seem weird and strange. But be patient, keep an open mind, listen without judgment, and all of us, we might just learn something. We're, we're continuing our sermon series, Full Proof. It's a sermon series through Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And, and Paul's writing to a church that he start, started that is a, a church that started in a pre-Christian culture, in, in this Roman Empire, in this Greek culture. And so they have no prior Christian values or knowledge or background. This is not like the Hebrew people who had the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures. They don't have any context for what Paul is preaching to them. And so there's all these problems, and so we're going to walk through this letter and see what Paul has to say. So far as we've gone through this sermon series, Paul has been addressing some things he's hearing about. He loves these people, but he's hearing that their, their minds are still so conformed to the culture of the day that he's got to confront some of these things, like there was divisions in the congregation on their, based on their favorite pastor or preacher because they were so used to kind of exalting one personality over another. Uh, last, last week, Pastor Bill talked about another thing that Paul was hearing about in this congregation, that, that they, were, they were proud of how open they were to any kind of lifestyle. That was a value in the Corinthian culture. We're so open. We're so inviting. We're so open to everything. And, and Paul challenged them on that. And now today, we're going to look at, at things that they wrote to him about. And so this is what Paul says. He said, now for the matters you wrote about. So it seems like they, the Corinthian people, the Corinthian congregation, wrote Paul a letter. And, and again, they live in a pre-Christian culture. And so, so many of the things that Paul was saying, they just seem so strange. They seem so bizarre. And so they had these questions. Now, the problem is, as biblical interpreters, as we're trying to understand the Bible, we don't have that letter. We don't know exactly the questions that they had. So we kind of, it's kind of like when you're listening in on somebody else's phone conversation. You can hear one end of the conversation, but you don't know the other end of the conversation. And so we kind of have to piece together what Paul is trying to respond to. And so here's what I think's going on. Because the Corinthian culture was, was hypersexualized, this was something that, that was uh, just deeply in part of the, the culture. It was a, a port city, and so people were coming in and out, and there was uh, high prostitution. Uh, there was all sorts of sexual immorality that was accepted. Paul had to talk about this over and over and over again as he was ministering to them and starting this congregation. And after a while, maybe they started thinking, Paul, you talk against sex so much. Are you against it? Uh, Paul, do we all have to live single celibate lives like you? Is that really what you're telling us? And that seems to be the content of the letter. And so he responds, well, actually, it's good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. It, it's okay for you to be single. It, that's okay. You're not going to die. It's all right to be single. 
In fact, um, Paul says later on in the same section at the end of the reading, he says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Paul says, it's actually a gift to be single. Paul looked at being single and he thought, this is actually a gift that I have. Paul, for whatever reason, you know, he wasn't obsessed about getting married. Uh, he wasn't always thinking about sex and marriage and all of these things. Um, he was perfectly content. He calls it a gift of God. He's perfectly content to be single. And the reason, he says later on this letter, why he thought this was such a valuable gift that God had given him is because he could be a singular focus. He could, he could focus just on the mission that God had given him. The mission of, of reaching people and starting congregations and traveling all over the world, writing much of the New Testament, he saw his singleness as a gift. But he knows not everybody has this gift. He knows that it's unlikely that this is for everybody. And so he says, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Now I want you to understand that especially in the Corinthian culture, this phrase here, this verse, would be incredibly countercultural. That Paul is saying, first get married, and then after you get married, only be intimate with your spouse. One man, one woman, get married, only be intimate with your spouse. And you have to imagine the Corinthians saying, whoa, 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 Paul, you don't get how we do things around here. Uh, this is just not how we do things in the Corinthian culture. You, you don't understand. I mean, Paul, what are we supposed to do at parties when we gather together? This is just part of what we do here in Corinth. I mean, Paul, this is just part of our culture. I mean, nothing on the side. I don't get this, Paul. Uh, this does not make any sense whatsoever. And they would have been very much offended by this because it just wasn't part of their culture. It was totally foreign to them. It would have seemed foreign and foolish and downright wrong. And that's the same thing today. What, what Paul is preaching is just as countercultural. It feels like a cross-cultural experience when Paul says these things to us today. To first get married and then to only be intimate with your spouse. And just saying that all of a sudden you, you maybe you feel in yourself saying, whoa, 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 this seems totally foreign, Paul. This is not how we do things here. This seems like old fashioned or another world. I, I, this seems so foreign. In fact, Paul, this seems foolish. This doesn't make any sense. In fact, if you're telling me what to do with my body, this is actually wrong, Paul. You're being wrong. And if you feel kind of those feelings coming up inside of you that, that what, what God's word is saying here is, is foreign or foolish or wrong, realize that you're un entering into a whole nother culture, this Christian culture, this whole nother world. And when you enter into another world and you have this cross-culture experience, be patient, uh, keep an open mind, and listen without judgment, and you might just learn something. You see... Uh, Paul has a reason for saying these things. Uh, Paul has a reason to speak this way. He goes on to explain this. He says in verse 3, 
The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you might devote yourselves to prayer. Then come again together so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I want to be honest, I, I, I hesitate to even read these verses because being in the ministry a, a few years, now I recognize how often these verses can be misused and actually used, actually weaponized. Um, I, I know how people can, can take these verses and they, they, they throw them at their spouse and they say, see, you have to fulfill your duty. See, God says that you have to Fulfill all my needs. And they weaponize these verses. And, and if you use that this way, I want you to understand you are sinning against God. That is not what God's word is saying. That is not what God's word is saying. Uh, these would have been countercultural in that first century, especially because intimacy or sex was actually used as a weapon. It was used as, as authority. It was used as, a, as control. And so the, the apostle Paul is saying, you cannot use it as control. You cannot use it as a weapon. In fact, you could summarize everything that Paul is saying here with this. Sex is not a weapon of control, but a gift to give. And so if you leave here and someone says, see, this is what God's word says. You have to do this and it's a weapon. You're, you're sinning against God. You're going against what his word says. In fact, it is a gift. It's a gift that God has given to, to bring a husband and wife together, to bring children into the world. In fact, I love what Pastor Timothy Keller says in his great book, The Meaning of Marriage, and explains it this way. He says, Indeed, sex is perhaps the most powerful God-created way to help you give your entire self to another human being. Sex is God's appointed way for two people to reciprocally say to one another, I belong completely, permanently, and exclusively to you. You must not use sex to say anything less. And so it's a way of confirming those promises that you make on your wedding day, that I'm completely and permanently and exclusively devoted to you. It must not be used for any other ways. It must not be used for personal gratification it must not be used as a weapon of control. It must not be used lightly outside of marriage. It's too powerful. It's like fire. Use it outside of its prescribed use and it can burn everything down. It's used in the, the, really the bonds of marriage to really confirm the promises you make at marriage. Now I recognize this is completely countercultural. I recognize that, that what Paul is saying here is going to it's going to challenge us. It maybe make some of us angry. Maybe make us, some of us push away and say, this is why I don't believe in Christianity. This is why I don't understand. This is why I don't like it. And if that's how you feel, remember this is a cross-cultural experience. Be patient. Keep an open mind. Listen without judgment. And you might learn something. Because actually what God is trying to teach us is how inside and outside of marriage we can be less selfish when sex is just used for my own personal gratification or as a weapon, 
or, or just something that I want to use for myself and I'm not willing to make a full commitment to the other person to, to, to be there for them, I'm using it for my own selfishness. And what God wants to do is he wants us to become selfless. He wants us to be giving. He wants us to be committed. He wants us to reflect the characteristics of God. Maybe you hear all that and, and now the next feeling is maybe some guilt. Thinking, man, this is a beautiful gift that, that I've misused inside or outside of marriage. And, and so you have all this guilt and, and the reality is, is that all of our sexual lives because of sin are broken at some level. And so I love the way Pastor Bill preached the gospel last week. If you remember that, he talked about how, how Jesus went up on the cross and when he was on the cross, he was, he was taking on all of our sins. All of our sins hit Jesus so that they wouldn't make it to the Father, that he was holding back all of our sins before the Father. We think about our baptism, and you've been cleansed by, from all of your sins. We think about the life of Jesus, and he exclusively hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes, those who were caught in, in all sorts of sexual sin that had been done to them or that they have done, and he went there to forgive them and heal them and restore them. So you are forgiven children of God, and, and now God is calling you to live a new life. To, to not just follow the ways of the world. I, I know the, the, the culture of our world is going to give you a whole different kind of message on how to look at these things, but God has called you to live countercultural, like you live from a di different culture. And, and sometimes when you try to follow this, you're going to look and feel foreign or weird or strange or foolish or just plain wrong. But the reality is, is that be, that's because we do belong to a different place. This is not our home. We, we do live according to a different standard of, of values. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the Philippians, he said it this way. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And so don't be surprised when, you, when, when, when people are enemies to this message. Don't be surprised when people's minds are set on earthly things. Don't be surprised by that. Don't get angry about it. Don't, don't get belligerent about it. Don't try to fight it. Just don't be surprised when this is not accepted in the wider culture. Don't be surprised because we're from another place, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our citizenship is in heaven. We live according to the values of King Jesus, only empowered by the Holy Spirit, and so God is calling us to live a whole different life. And we're waiting for the day when Jesus will return. He's going to come down. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is going to come down to this earth. And Jesus is going to make all things new, including us. He's going to transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. When I think about my time in the Dominican Republic... 
I think about when I was down there and, and when I went there, I really wanted to change the culture. I thought there were so many things that were wrong about that culture and I wanted to change them. What a naive thought for a single person to go to somebody else's country and try to change how they do things. But after a while, I was trying to be patient, trying to listen without judgment and try to keep an open mind. And, and actually what I found out is that culture changed me. I actually realized that I was wrong, that I was being foolish, that some of the things that they did, the way they did it, was actually the wise way to live. And I came back there changed. I'm a, I was a different person because of their influence on me. And I pray that that would happen to all of us when it comes to God's word. I know that many things here probably seem strange and foolish and outdated and wrong at so many levels, but I pray that, that we would be open-minded enough that we'd continue to gather as a group of believers. Maybe we still struggle with some things. Maybe we still don't think everything is the way we, it should be. Maybe we still think some of this is wrong or foolish or, or strange, but I pray that we would continue to gather as a family of believers we continue to gather in small groups. We continue to read our Bibles and let the culture of Jesus' kingdom change us to be less selfish, less self-centered, love God and love people more, be about giving instead of our own selfishness. And then as we live according to that kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, we await the day, we long for the day when the kingdom will finally come down. And Jesus is going to make all things new. He's going to transform this world. He's going to make all things new. And that includes you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we thank you for your word. Even though sometimes when we read your word and try to apply your word, it seems foolish. Even to the strongest Christian, it seems foolish. So I pray, Lord God, that you would give us an open mind, that you would teach us the, the wisdom of your word, that you would show us why you wrote the things that you wrote and, and help us to live according to it. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com dot com.